Good evening. It is Tuesday, February 14th, and happy Valentine's Day to all. Welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show Post, live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We'll provide our opinions, positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg, and we're going back to the basics, going back to the original. Me and my man, J3, the the beginning. Look who pops in. <laughs> What's up, Big Reg? What's up, Jay Wills? Jay Wills, you on mute, bro. Unmute yourself. Retired players mess up. What's up, fellas? <laughs> What's happening? Man, good to see you, Jay Wills. is in the building doing a special appearance. Going to handle some NBA details with us before he has to pop back out, but we appreciate you jumping in, my brother. Thank you all so much. Yep, the wife worked 24 hours a day, so that basically leaves me. Got my man sitting up watching the little TV. He will be demanding me very soon. <laughs> Not a problem, so let's get right at it. We're going to give you some quick hits, then we're going to jump right into that NBA news, do a Super Bowl recap at NFL News, and then J3 and I will hit you with our final post of the evening. So as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Please sit back, relax, enjoy post on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. Fellas, this men's college basketball, the madness continues is all I can say, man. It is crazy. Number one, Purdue lost for the second week in a row on the road, this time against unranked Northwestern. So that loss made the way for, can I say it, roll tide. Mm-hmm. University of Alabama Picture that. gets the number one ranking in basketball for the first time in 20 years since December 02 was the last time this has happened. Uh, just got to give Bama some quick props. They're 22 and 3 overall, 12 and 0 in the SEC, which is one of the toughest conferences in basketball and they have a victory over number two ranked houston which happened in december on houston's floor 71 65 so that's why alabama jumped from number three to number one over houston which was at number two because they have that head-to-head win against them on houston's floor so uh shout out to alabama houston purdue ucla and kansas it's gonna be a crazy march madness even the uh, conference tournaments should be real crazy because there's no dominant teams in, in in NCAA basketball this year. Well, that's a good thing because that means it's going to be worth watching. Absolutely. <laughs> now, on the other side of the street, women's college basketball, we clearly got a dominant number one team in the country. University of South Carolina easily beat number three ranked LSU in the SEC showdown, 88-64. This leaves South Carolina as the only undefeated team in NCAA Division I college basketball, men's or women. The win also gives South Carolina four wins over current top eight teams. They beat number three, Stanford, number five, LSU, number six, UConn, and number eight, Maryland. All of them, they beat on their home floor, with the exception of LSU, which was played in South Carolina. 
in front of 18,000 people. Which means they ain't scared to play on the road. <laughs> Don Stanley got those young ladies primed, ready, and they are hungry. And they actually talking about finishing this out right, trying to go undefeated for the whole season and win back-to-back -back national championships. Sounds like she got the blueprint to make it happen. Man, if 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 y'all haven't had a chance to see her, see that team, you talk about you can see the difference in how she's recruiting. She got a bunch of long young ladies. I mean, her guards are like six feet, six one. Where Ooh. women's college basketball, you had the little teeny guards. She got right. a couple of those, but most of her ladies are six feet to six seven. Don's decided she's gonna build her a dynasty in, in, in South Carolina and she's gonna try to run it to the wheels run off. I ain't mad at her. Absolutely. UFC 284 was last Saturday, and fellas, the main event did not let down. Lightweight champion number two pound for pound. Islam Mahovich defeated featherweight champion and former number one pound for pound, Alexander Volkanovsky, who went up trying to get his second division title. The fight was bananas. It went all five rounds. They went back and forth. It was actually interesting. Uh, Machekov, who's uh, known for grappling, underestimated Volkanovski's grappling prowess. And it was a few times where he got him down and Volkanovski got back up, which never happened to him before. And Volkanovski underestimated Islam's on the feet prowess and uh striking so great match uh gotta give it to islam he was the bigger dude so end up winning the fight but it definitely works itself out and sets up for a future rematch um in the co-main event yari rodriguez beat josh emmett by a second round submission. so i think you'll have volkanowski fighting again Rodriguez. And then after that, you'll have VP. All right, so let's get to the NBA while we have our man available. Jay Wills. Got to give LeBron his respect for becoming all time leader for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not an easy. But then after that, we got to talk about this NBA trade deadline. It was crazy. So I'm going to just give you the floor and let you t tell us what you think about what's going on in this NBA trade deadline. Everybody's trying to make the necessary move, moves, make that final push to try to win that ring. I think one thing the organizations probably realize um, especially with certain teams not, not being as strong as they uh, you thought thought they may have been at, at this point in the season. The, the Lakers are necessarily doing what they're supposed to do. Brooklyn that's kind of blown up, and they, they've been having an up-and-down kind of uh, season, last couple seasons, actually. Um, I, I think a lot of the, the, the uh, corrupts within the NBA knew, look, look, this season is wide open. Is wide open. You don't have your as many as many guaranteed some slots. Yeah, you expect Austin to be deep in the playoffs. You expect the Milwaukee Buck Bucks deep in the playoffs in the East Coast. You expect possibly the Golden State Warriors to show up. 
um, Utah Jazz, possibly the Dallas Mavericks. And it, it, it's as deep as it used to be. So I'm sure, sure everyone's like, look, we could take a May dot. So, so everybody put their chips out there. One thing about oh, this tra- trade data, I've never seen, seen so many picks move. Get people the willingness to give up four or five picks, all of my second round rounders. Two or, two or three of first rounders. We talking some people win this deep, deep to 2027. Uh, uh, <laughs> not going 2030 door. People were, I, I, everyone was willing to, to make that, that super, super charge to uh, get their team as strong as possible because it's wide open. And I, th- I think it creates the opportunity and is, is going to make NBA playoffs a lot more entertaining this year than, than years before. With that being said, Jay Wills, let me ask you this. Who do you think came out on top with all these uh, trades and, and, and acquiring all these picks? I want to see naturally, naturally when I saw the KD trade. Now, I can't speak to Phoenix depth. depth. But I think when they bought in that piece, especially with KD having the experience of, of playing in Brooklyn, not not Brooklyn, excuse me, Golden State, State, you get to a team that's set, that's balanced, that's made it deep in the playoffs, everybody's wondering how you're going to fit it. He played extremely self-basketball, and he needed to take over at certain times. He absolutely did so, though. So I believe, I believe when he gets Phoenix, being he's already he had tremendous ex- experience, he's he's going to fit properly. He's not going to throw off the off the offense. He's not going to demand the basketball per se. That the natural way he plays the game will will naturally flow with the way way they play the game. Plus, dude like KD, I don't I don't need necessarily learn on all plays right now. Al. 6'11 and no shoe on. When I put on all my special edition KD sneakers, I'm walking out seven foot one on the basketball court with, with athleticism, excellent ball, ball handling. And all, all I have really when I don't know the place is, is just catch and shoot. And there's not a coach in the world isn't okay with that. So, so I feel blend, blend nightly. Uh, uh, I did like Kyrie. Going to Dallas, I was I was wondering how it was going to work. I think we've seen seen all the um, the last game they just played. I want to say it was last night where they were. You could kind of the guys were kind of looking at each other, each other kept passing it, it back and forth, and didn't really really have a, a, a guarantee on who was going going at the final shot. So they have some growing pains go uh, to get get through. They're definitely going going to uh, do what do what they got to do in the game game. Because they're both such clutch players, they're going to heads. I don't necessarily really think you're going to have the same issue in Phoenix with KD and Devin Booker. I'm Devin Booker is willing to take a step back, back and probably wants it in KD's hands. Now Devin Booker is definitely, definitely about in his business. No softy there. He's willing to take that next stop, but but he's a guy that I'm sure he understands. Look, KD. And Chris Paul, Paul being a guard in this league, uh, a lot of people people refer to him as one of the best point guards that's ever played for playing. I'm, I'm pretty sure going to say certain things that from Booker as, as well. Like, we may need to force feed this guy to make, to make him comfortable. 
uh, Kyrie, Kyrie walks all handlers. So the fact that he's going to have the ball a lot is going to make him the ball off the get. Off the get. With KDD, they're going to fill him in. So I think CP is definitely going to be running, running play, kind of encourage him to feel as comfortable as, as he could possibly be. So with that being said, do you see uh, Phoenix and Dallas being super contenders now against Denver and Utah and 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 uh, I guess you could say the gold and purple of the Lakers? Dallas still has some big man issues, problems, the ones to work through. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything with the jokes. Um, fix somehow able to keep DeAndre Ayton. So, so now you DeAndre Ayton with the uh, uh, four inch, three thousand seventy five inch wingspan. You throw KDs down. It's gonna be nothing, nothing hands. They're gonna be look, looking like cheerleaders down there. All you wanna see is a bunch of hands down there. So, I don't know if Dallas necessarily makes that that net, the next uh, jump, the big jump. But I can definitely see um, um, as long as Phoenix kind of kind of takes some of their depth issues, and see see making a tough push. Okay, and then what about uh, pick up. Big Reds. Yeah, I don't I definitely don't see Dallas working. I just I, I can't see that working in the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs, but the issue is gonna be come the playoffs when everything slows down and you gotta play defense. You got two players who are your stars that don't play defense. <laughs> so, and they gave away their two defensive wings. Where, as you said last time you were on, Jay Wills, you got to have defensive wings to guard all these top notch wing players in the West. So, my only concern with Phoenix is y'all know Chris Paul only knows how to go one way. Yeah, yeah. He's a holler and a screamer. That's why um, him and Blake end up falling out with the Clippers. He only lasted what uh, a season and a half in Houston with Harden, and Harden won him out of there. And why was KD? Why did KD leave the Warriors? Partly because he felt it wasn't his team; it was Steph's team. But also because Draymond was getting on that behind about him being bought all the way in. So. Either Chris is going to have to change the way he has dealt with other of his players, or KD is going to have to get thicker skin. And I feel sorry for Devin Booker because he's going to have to play referee to make that thing work. But everything's in place to make it work if they can get along. And, and, and I, I think that's why he's probably going to be humble. Why you just came came on around here yelling at KD? The CP3, if you want to make it to the NBA championship. And you got a real possibility right now picking up one one of the top three players. You be, you better be humble. You better be be humble. In the back of your your mind, you don't have the firepower right now with the team you team you have. Before KD got there, you knew at the beginning of the year I was right right now's off. You, you I thought their their best was behind them. The last couple of that just passed by. Now. You, you've been revived. You, you've been afforded off the grab, grab one of the best pieces on the board, if not the best. So, so you better take your attitude to the Lord. If you need to motivate them and do what you do what you need to do time to time, time I get that. But if if you if set out and, and you 
make it uncomfortable for the guy, you're going to shoot yourself in your own foot. CP, the only thing you miss, you're missing is the end championship. And you will have that point guard career careers. My question to you, Jay Wills, is uh, how deep is Phoenix's bench? Because if they got rid of their best two guard, I mean, uh, defender, uh, wing defenders that they had, what's that to say about the rest of the uh, play, players on the bench? Sometimes you got to do what you, you got to do to the piece you need. You might, might have to give the engine, but uh, keep the cough. So they're going to definitely have uh, <laughs> it now, but it looked good. So, yeah, they're definitely going to have a two-up. And who knows? Those many plays on the bench and kick it up a notch. There are ways to pick up people. Uh, you got individuals like John Wall, who's been bought out. Westbrook, I think, I think is to be bought out. You know, you, you, know, you might even want to give Carlo Anthony a call. We just need seven, seven to eight minutes, man. <laughs> need seven to eight minutes hanging in the corner, knocking down your patented three. Because he's up 15 seconds. It's not like he can't shoot. We don't need you to be. We just need you for depth. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll fail for the rest of that out. Um, letting that piece that you need to make this real, real drive out of the West is kind of to a degree wider. I think it was, was necessary. Yeah, a sneaky little throw into that deal was T.J. Warren going with KD. T.J. Warren was balling for a while. As a matter of fact, he balled out when they had um, when they was in the bubble, and then he hurt his knee. He's starting to get back healthy, so I think I think the bench won't be as much of a problem from Phoenix, just because if they keep the De, uh, DeAndre Ayton halfway happy and he realizes his role and plays defense, they can score with anybody. Scoring ain't gonna be the issue, right? It's just gonna be them getting along and can they gel by the time it comes to crunch time when you gonna have to buckle down and play people real tight. Another sneaky little pickup that a lot of people probably ain't pay no attention to. Um, I like what the uh, Clippers did, picking up Eric Gordon in the three-day trade, three-team trade. I also like what the uh, Warriors did, picking up, bringing back Gary Payton a second. If he can get that stomach healed enough where he can be back for playoff time, that can be another big piece. And the sneakiest one. Milwaukee Bucks added Jay Crowder, who's been sitting at home all year because whatever happened between him and Phoenix, they were beefing. And when they won the title, they had a guy on the team that was kind of the, not the enforcer, but just gave him some toughness. They was missing that last year. Now they're getting healthier. Uh, Middleton's back playing. He's balling. Add Jay Crowder to that squad. I think Milwaukee's prime for another run. Jay Crowder, he's playing small forward or power forward? Depending on the lineup, he can play three or four. He's your wing with three and D guy. Wing guy can play guard at two, three, or four, shoot some threes, but knows his role, knows he's there to grab some rebounds, play some defense, and hit the open shot when it's thrown to him. And if he's small ball ball, throw him in at the house if you need to. He's willing to the bank do the, the, the dirt. For some, some reason, the officer doesn't always get wrecked. You, you don't realize what you miss until it's, it's gone. This guy's willing, willing to do the dirty work. Um, and he can hit hit the three. He can shoot. So most of the time, you have this type of guy on another physical player who may not be the greatest on defense, 
but the fact that, that you can play solid offense really leaves the defense imbalanced. Um, he's going he's gonna to bring a lot, of, a lot of attitude, a lot of, a lot of expense, and uh, work hard attitude kind of matches what the Milwaukee Bucks already represent. I don't see him having a problem filling in. And he's going to be so, so excited if, if with the chip on his shoulder that he's going to play so hard. He's in a team that has a great shot of, of getting it to the NBA championship. I think you think you can vibe J.J. Crowder. I hope he's been work, working on his team um, because he has an excellent opportunity in front of him as well. I agree with you, the Grinch, in J83. J- yeah, and with Boston dealing with uh, their recent injury, with um, Jalen Brown getting a facial fracture when Jason Tatum accidentally elbowed him in the face while both of them was going up for a rebound. That's going to be interesting to see how that happens with Boston. But Boston did pick up an extra big man at uh, Muscala to, you know, just in case Robert Williams gets hurt again, they got another big body. Boston's the deepest team in the NBA. I don't think they're worried about it. Um, I mean, of course, you, you always want Jalen Brown on the floor, but they're the deep deep at this point now. We, we've been it's crazy. We've been we've been talking about these guys for so for so long. At this point now, they do have some solid experience underneath their belt. They'll be be okay. This actually gives I, when injuries like this happen right before the playoffs, they're almost unexpected gifts because it gives that next guy and that guy guiding them a, a, a nice quick opportunity kind of tune in right for the playoffs of stuff you end up finding uh, another guy you can add to the to the rotate because that 25 points that that eight six to eight eight rebounds that 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 four six assists is missing and they need they need to fill that role Maybe one guy times you never know but i like when not that I, I I like the injury. I, I'm sorry for the man, but but it does create the opportunity for somebody else to step up, and that's exactly what you need before you before you go into the playoffs. You're gonna see the buck down the line, and they ready. You on mute, Big Red? You on mute? My bad. It's gonna be very very interesting. Jay Wills, before we let you get up out of here, give me your thoughts on your boy Zion. He re-aggravated his hamstring injury. Going to be out probably another month. I, I did that. Um, it's it's hard to. He's so talented. He did lose some weight coming coming into the season. Uh, he did look like like he was better shape. When you're herky jerky, explosive. Sometimes I wondered if the body was, if the body was ever really, really and prepared to take, take take on some of that that wear and shiftiness on these on these ankles and these ligaments. Uh, it kind kind of reminds me of when when those got, got hurt. It's like it's like you almost see it, see it coming because the freaking athleticism was just so so crazy. I'm like. It's only a, only a kiss heel that it's holding that ankle together. It, that's it. And, and, and moving at such a high pace with such full force, I don't know if he can continue, continue to do it at that size. And then, then if you lose a whole bunch of weight, does that take away from the from the physicality of, of your, your game? So, I got a question for you, Jay Wills. 
and and tell me if this comparison is is either on point or off but but when i think of zion i think of charles barkley when he first came into the league charles barkley was just as explosive as zion made just as many moves as zion so when you talk about weight and physicality it's been done before i don't know if charles was as heavy as zion that that young Charles, yes, he had some size on his own. He definitely enjoyed Jonah to two. two uh, <laughs> um, he wasn't afraid to pull up and drive through the line anytime. I'm, I don't know, 24 hours then, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure he got what he needed. When I go back, go back and watch it. Cause I do. I, I love watching the old clips. That's one of Charles. Charles Barkley's the guys when when they get talking about. Dominant power forwards and all this and this and I'm talking to some young kid, kid I'm like that. I mean, look, look Charles Barkley or Dominique Wilkins. I'll show you some game. Mm-hmm. As got older, he got a little bit bigger, but at, at the beginning, three or five, five, six years, Charles, yeah, he, he was he kind of cut up, cut up a little. Bit. He had some size on him. He was husky, Charles. So I don't know if he was as necessary as big as, as Zion. Plus, Zion had Charles didn't have the, have the issues where like I, I don't I don't think he did because I wasn't there the time. I don't think he had he had the issue. People were like, hey hey, you need you need to lose weight or you're not gonna make it at all. Zion mm-hmm. was kept that from day one. Mm-hmm. Like, even coming from college going in, he had mm-hmm. that issue where he was gaining weight. They put stipulations within his contract. So there are some things that Zion naturally has to has for self to have to deal with bad eating have habit. And that's definitely uh something he he's I think he's addressed, he's trying to address. Uh that kind of coincides with having a level of professionalism and it's just just basketball now. You're not playing this is college, you're doing Maybe 30, 40 games. You maybe two plus plus games to treat your, your body. Like it is it is literally the tool that's that's making you. So so I, I I don't know exactly what to put it on. I actually haven't had a chance to see how he tweaked tweaked uh, the hamstring. Um, just with all the information that we we already have, it uh, it unfortunately is a shock. And I and I wonder if he's done a, done a reasonable amount of wear and tear already. Sometimes you can just see by. The, the person kind of runs like he looked like he's aching a little little bit. He looked like he's he's aching a little bit every time he runs, even when he when he's having game. So I, I really can't put a finger on it, guys. Yeah, Bar- Bar- you're not too far off. Barkley was never as explode. Barkley could get up and could do his things. I remember Barkley tried out for the Olympics after his senior season. And he was cut by Bobby Knight because he weighed close to 300 pounds. And Bobby Knight Mm. said he he was just too big, wouldn't be able to hack it. But once he got to Philly and and Dr. J and all them got with him, they they got him on, got him losing weight, got him to stop drinking so many sodas. He was drinking almost a a case of sodas a day. Sound like like me. (laughs) I'm just just kidding. Yeah, but... um, he, he never, Barkley wasn't a 42-inch, 44-inch vertical type of guy. And that's, that's probably the biggest issue. Nobody that size has had that explosiveness combined. 
through a windmill off the vertical. Like his explosiveness is is crazy, and that's a lot, a lot of weight to be going down over and over and over and over and over. You're a human being, being man. You're just a being. LeBron, he understands it. Some of the veterans, I don't even want to pinpoint LeBron. A lot of those veterans understand it. You you got to take care of your body. You can, you can't eat crazy. Uh, during the season, a lot of them don't even eat and eat crazy during the season. They may have a meal uh, that's super fat here and there. But most of the time, you understand, hey, look, what I put in is definitely what I'm going to put out. And, and, and I know exactly what's going on with his eating habits, habits right like I eating habits right now. Like I said, he he, he did have to do the coming uh, a couple of pounds lighter than, than last year. We were complimenting him. Definitely looked like, like he was headed into, into the right direction. I'm hoping he just, he just continues to stay down that path. And this won't be a, be a continued trend. Because because right Zion Williams Zion can't stay healthy, uh, Lonzo Ball can't stay healthy. You got a, got a lot of t- cats who are um, losing a lot of valuable time. Time to end. Lonzo injury is freakish too. I, uh, well, I don't know what's going on with the, the knee. Yeah, it sounds like his injury may be career ending, <laughs> which is a shame. Yeah, he is. finally got to a place where he could actually be himself and play and worked out his shot. And now he's got that leg that he just can't get healthy. So, yeah. One thing Zion did do, I don't know if the team made him do, but he hired a chef. So he's got a personal chef now. Hopefully that'll help him. He's got to get a better trainer to figure out biometrics of his body and figure out how to work out to get him to be able to finish. Right now, in his New Orleans career, He's missed just as many games as he's played. Mm. That's crazy. And look, the thing you can tell the private chef Delph to make some salmon and salt spinach. You can you can also tell the private chef, hey man, look, make me a cheese steak, hey, extra mayo, ketchup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough. I need to know more. More. <laughs> I hear you, partner. With AJ Wills, we appreciate all the basketball knowledge that you bring to the show. We know you got things to handle in the household. Uh, give 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 Trey a bang for me, and y'all, you, you have a good evening, good week, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me for your time. Appreciate you, brothers, and I uh, love you all, man. I have a good love one, you too, bro. Same too. Peace. Peace. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Good stuff. Always enjoy having Jay Wills, man. His love for basketball is crazy. Yep, sure is. Yeah, so the Western Conference Finals is going to be crazy. I'm going to enjoy. I'm getting into basketball mode now. Super Bowl was finally over. What a game. Get heavy into this basketball mode. Before we do that, we got to talk about NFL. Got to talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, first, before we get into the game, we finally got the final two head coaching positions filled today. Uh, Arizona Cardinals hired former Eagles defensive coordinator, 40-year-old Jonathan Gannon. And then the Indianapolis Colts hired former Eagles offensive coordinator, 37-year-old Shane Steichen. Now, one could say that Gannon may have been a little too much preoccupied about getting his new job and wasn't able to focus and make corrections with that 
what a lot of people thinking was a possible all-time defense that got run through by Kansas City. But uh, now the Eagles got to replace both of their coordinators, and they got a lot of free agents on the defensive side. So it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles bounce back. Well, first of all, was there any defense played in the game? Because both teams <laughs> scored 35 points, bro. Come on, man. In the fourth quarter, I mean, like, who's no one stopped either team? And if it wasn't for the fumbles and 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 man, come on, where was the defense? Well, the K Kansas City played a little defense in the second half because they only gave up uh, eleven points in the second half. They just. I attribute the Kansas, the Chiefs win 38-35 to one team having a better coaching staff than the other team. Because it was obvious the halftime adjustments that Kansas City made, they went from only scoring seven points offensively in the first half, even though they had 14 in the halftime. Like you said, Jalen Hurts had that untimely, just a Luke fumble. He's trying to change the ball from one hand to the other. It slipped. Then he kicked it. Once he kicked it, the ball was out open, and Kansas City scooped it up. Uh, safety Nick Bolton got an easy touchdown. So you figure the Eagles played defense in the first half, only giving up seven points. Kansas City played defense in the second half, only giving up 11 points, which was actually just a field goal and a touchdown with a two-point conversion. But um, what that offense did in the second half, you know, we watched it together. Kansas City's offense was lights out in the second half. They had four possessions and scored three touchdowns and would have been a fourth touchdown, but the player was smart and didn't go into the end zone to, so they could finish running out the clock and then kick the game-winning field goal. So, so in the first half, you had Jalen Hurts running all over Kansas City's defense. Second half, eh, not so much. But on the flip side, Kansas City, I mean, you had uh, Mahomes doing what he does. I mean, he ran a little bit in the first half, but the second half, he was unconscious with it. So, again, where was the defense? Where was Philly's defense? I mean, we talked about Philly's defense all season long. They had the best defense. They had the best defense. Well, one of the best because 49ers was the best. And the way that the Eagles beat the uh, 49ers, you just would have thought they would have did the same thing with uh, Kansas City. They just laid down. Yeah, the, the the Eagles defense definitely didn't hold up their end of the bargain for sure. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, BJ, you know what the deal is. <laughs> How can a two-time winning offensive coordinator who's been to five straight AFC championships, been to three Super Bowls, can't even get a sniff at a job in Eric Bieniemy, and is probably going to have to leave Kansas City to go somewhere else so he can try to get credit for the work he's doing, even though Andy Reid has said several times that Eric Bieniemy calls the plays they went on record. Remember those two wide-open touchdowns that Kansas City made in the uh, second half where nobody was even within 10 yards of the players? Mm -hmm. 
Eric Bienmi kind of saw that they were overplaying when he was doing his film review. And then Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jaguars, who's an uh, Andy Reid uh, disciple, also told him that they cheat. And the enemy was the one who drew up that dagger stop and sudden change of direction. Gets mm. no credit. Mm, mm, mm. Can't get a job. He done won two Super Bowls. He's been the offensive coordinator for two Super Bowl champions and five AFC. You can't name another top-notch coordinator who didn't get a job after doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we agree. Yeah. Jalen did his thing. Defense did not show up. Totally agree. Yeah. People are getting on her saying that that fumble was a big deal. That fumble happened in the first half. Right. They were up 10 points at halftime, so you can't put that fumble on there. And Jalen was responsible for literally all of their 35 points. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't his fault. It was the defense. They didn't show up. Did not show up. And we talked about uh, Kansas City's defense. I didn't see too many plays where Chris Jones was effective. Did you? No, you're right. Neither defense was able to uh, flex themselves on the other offense. Uh, Now, each one slowed the other one down for a half. But when when their offense flexed their muscles, they was able to do their things. I think the offensive line for the Chiefs might have been the best position group out of everybody. Because what they did in the second half, they knew Mahomes had re-injured that ankle. We didn't even know if he was going to come back out after half. Well, I figured he was going to come back. We know what kind of condition it is to give him that extra time to to do that. Mahomes only had one incompletion in the second half, and mm-hmm. that was a throwaway to the sideline. Mm-hmm. So, but, but but on the opposite side, let's let's talk about Jalen and how he was throwing the ball downfield. For everybody who thought he couldn't throw the ball, man, AJ AJ Green was eat. I mean, Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. Jalen did everything he needed to do to quiet the doubters, and I I really appreciated Patrick Mahomes in his press conference. Told everybody. Hey, let's not overlook what Jalen Hurts did on the stage. He did it all. So, mm-hmm. with when you got the opposing court, quarterback saying that dude ball mm-hmm. and carried that team and kept him in. If Jalen Hurts didn't do all the stuff he did, because they shut down the Philly running backs, the running backs yeah. didn't do anything for Philadelphia. Right. So, Jalen Hurts throws for three hundred yards and rushes for seventy-five yards. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, hats off to Kansas City Chiefs. Now we gotta have start having thinking about are they gonna be a dynasty? Are they already in their dynasty run and we just aren't calling it to make three Super Bowls in a four-year period? Five straight AFC championships. And you've already got the quarterback under contract long-term, so you ain't got to worry about that. They know exactly what it is. You got Andy Reid, Kelsey, and now you got a young defense that looks like it's getting better. Speaking of Kelsey, please tell me how you leave him open every play. <laughs> Kyle, the one of the top-rated 
tight ends in the league. And this dude is open like every time. Not one or two times, but every time. What is the Eagles looking at? Yeah, part of it is scheme. The other part is Kelsey's one of the baddest <laughs> to ever do it. I mean, literally. Kept, Mahomes put it um, that he played quarterback in high school. So he says he's able to see the defense as a quarterback, and he makes reads on the play in flow, and they're so connected together that they understand what the other one's seeing. So as soon as he – some of that stuff is improv, but as soon as he makes that read, Mahomes sees the same thing. Oh, yeah, Kelsey's going to do that. And, yeah, you're right. I've I said a few times, how is Kelsey five <laughs> yards open from anybody? <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Eric B. Enemy and, and – they 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 schemed that thing up perfectly, especially in the second half. So, shout out, they did their thing. Um, now the question is, who's gonna come after them and who's gonna try to knock them off that perch? Can Joe Burrow and the Bengals come back and try to make a claim that they're gonna be their competition, or somebody that we're not thinking about going to be there? And then what's gonna happen with Philly? After you lose your two coordinators, you got to figure out who you're going to pay, and you got to at least start talking to Jalen about contract extension. So you think both teams will be back and make a deep playoff run in 2024 or so, one or the other? Well, I definitely see Kansas City going back there. Uh, like you said, if they still have the nucleus of their team uh, and Patrick Mahomes is still behind the, uh, behind the center, I don't see why they wouldn't go back to the playoffs or the, or the Super Bowl. With the Eagles, again, you need to tighten up on that defense. Or I don't see how you're going to get there. Yeah, but that defense was the number two ranked defense all season. I understand, bro, but I couldn't tell on Sunday night. Yeah, one thing the Eagles will have a slight advantage of, maybe a major advantage, the NFC is nowhere near as strong as AFC. And then with the retirements of Brady, uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Rodgers. If Rodgers gets traded, it's going to be to the AFC, not the NFC. Mm -hmm. So there aren't many killers right now in the NFC that you got to be concerned about. Now, if San Francisco gets a quarterback that can stay healthy all season, that could be a problem. But other than that, there's no real other killers out there that you're going to be worried about in the NFC. Not at all, because the Vikings ain't no threat. The <laughs> little people ain't no threat. The commanders ain't no threat. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and nobody the in the NFC South, all of nope. them either going to have new quarterbacks or, mm -mm. or, or question marks at quarterback. Mm -mm. And the NFC West, you got San Francisco, the Rams. We don't know. The Rams fell apart. They got old and fell apart. Mm-hmm. You got and Seattle out there. Can Geno have back-to-back -back very good seasons? He's never done that before, so. Possibility. And then, uh, hate to say this, but what about the Saints? They don't have a quarterback. And I don't know if their coach can coach. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. yeah, so, be, because the NFC 
I think is going to be weak. Now we'll see what happens in the draft and free agency and all that. It's it's a much easier path than dealing with Kansas City, Cincinnati, mm -hmm. Buffalo, mm -hmm. the Jets, the, the Jets, Jaguars. Jets get a quarterback. The Jets going to be a problem. Jaguars, Miami. Don't don't yeah, sleep Jacksonville. on Jacksonville. Don't sleep on Cleveland because I'm telling you, Cleveland coming. Cleveland is coming. Now that they got Deshaun Watson, they coming. Watch what I tell you. Okay. Are the Browns going to do Browns things, though? That's the problem. I had no confidence in the organization. Oh, man. We forgot about Detroit. Detroit. They played great offense, but they didn't have any defense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting. So, we will keep you all up informed and up to date on the happenings because we can get into the free agent season then we got the nfl combine and pro days see bj's comments <laughs> yep that's how it yeah. is man that's how it is you already yeah. know man the nfl is, is is the new plantation come on man you already know yeah and then they'll come up with excuses. Oh, we did a exhaustive process of interviewing and all that. And we just hired the best candidate. Right. <laughs> so Tell somebody who don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there. It, it, it is crazy. Yeah. So uh, what, what are you going to occupy your sports time with now that the NFL is over, J3? Oh, I'm just going to hit the lanes a little harder now Now that uh, NFL is over with. I'm just hit the lanes because, you know, it's bowling season for me, bro. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Got to get, gotta get your team ready for your end-of-the-year push for, for them championships. I feel you. Yes, sir. I feel you. For me, again, like I said, I'm deep, diving deep into college basketball and pro basketball. And then starting in March, we're going to be kicking off, starting getting some good boxing matches through the spring so it should be some good stuff happening i so. hope so all right folks well we're gonna cut this show a little earlier than normal because we don't want to overload you with too much but start next week we're gonna go heavy basketball give you a little bit of hockey and can't forget that the pitches and catches gonna start reporting soon so major league baseball is gonna be up in the air so it's going to be some good things happening. We're going to try to keep you abreast of the best in sports. All right, J3, before we get out of here, we got to give our final final takes. So uh, what you got for me? So, again, it's Black History Month, and I was flipping through the channels earlier today, and I noticed that they finally got the production of 1619 on. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. 1619 project check it out yeah that's a, that's a good piece that's a good piece that's what caused uh, a whole lot of this uproar in this country uh, <laughs> and it ought to because it's, it's ridiculous how they are trying to minimize democracy yeah i think they're trying to whitewash history so absolutely that's exactly it, it, what they're it, trying to do Absolutely. I want to make my final post and sorry to end on a little sad note, but I again want to send our deepest sympathy and condolences 
to a couple of families, uh, to our, our brothers out there, to first and foremost, since and Professor Jay, um, since his sister Dawn Boatwright was laid to rest last Saturday, um, gone way too early and unfortunately left behind four beautiful children. Um, so again, we, we're thinking about your families, thinking about you two guys. We're here for you when 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 you need us and just reach out we'll touch base with you see how you're doing but we're just trying to give you space and and to our other brother ed and more importantly uh, our sister who lost her aunt who's one of her closest on her side um rashida just wants you to know that we're thinking about you and praying for you and your family and send love and affection and hopefully as you lay your aunt to rest this Thursday that your family will find some peace in this home going and just we're with you we're thinking about you and folks if you got loved ones out there whether they're blood relatives or the family you chose let them know how much you care about them because unfortunately you never know if they're going to be here tomorrow so all the people that you care about, let them know how much you care about them as often as possible so they can feel appreciated and know what you're thinking. All right. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate your time and opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. We're here each and every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for our live show. You can also download this show and previous shows via our Facebook page or our YouTube channel, or you can listen to our shows on your favorite podcast platform. Just put in positions on Sports Talk Show. You'll be able to find us. Um, we greatly appreciate if you hit any of those sites or any of our social media, please like and follow and subscribe. Descriptions are free. Um, you can also send us a message on Facebook at Positions on Sports and at Twitter at Positions on SPL1. As always, again, we appreciate your time and, again, our opportunity. Y'all have a great week. Stay safe, and we'll see you next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Peace. See you.